Hello, my awesome mom pod listeners. It's Paige with some exciting news. The Moms Organization Motivation Podcast has had the most amazing three-year run. And thanks to you, it's listened to in more than 85 countries. It's won Best Family Podcast and Best Home and Lifestyle Podcast awards and consistently ranks in the top of the charts globally. I could not have done that without you. It'll continue to be downloadable for all your organization motivation needs. And now there'll be a brand new podcast to listen to. If like me, you love being a mom and also desire more. Head over to the Time to Pivot podcast right now and hit subscribe. Each week, my guest and I will be sharing all the ways we've learned to pivot in our life and business as we share our God-given gifts and serve others and still make it to the carpool line on time. I can't wait for this fun new podcast to begin April 17th, 2023. So mark your calendars and join me on the Time to Pivot podcast. I'm Paige Killian, and I'm passionate about helping busy moms of littles organize and style their life in three simple steps. Living this mom life is incredible and sometimes completely overwhelming. Is stressing about overstuffed drawers, never-ending mail piles, a mountain of Legos, and our kids' artwork really what God intended? <laughs> no way! Getting organized has been a game changer for me and also my clients, but it has to be simple or it just won't get done. So let's simplify the process and clear the clutter to see the blessings God has for us. I know your time is valuable. So thanks for joining me each week for a healthy dose of organization and a whole lot of motivation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Gillian, and I am here today with an amazing guest to share a very special message, a very life-changing message, and I have to tell you, as many of us moms, she wears a lot of hats. She is a mom, wife, a business owner, the most incredible party planner, volunteer, faithful believer, and best of all, She's my friend. Welcome, Chrissy Khalil. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show today, Paige. I'm so honored and excited to be a part of your new podcast. Ah, very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. In full disclosure, everyone, I will be having some other guests on this show before you guys hear from Chrissy, but I have to tell you a little behind the scenes. She was my go-to girl. I was like, can you please be my guinea pig? I need you to hop on and make sure I know how to record this in Zoom and have a guest on my podcast. And she said, certainly. So see, that is a good friend. I'll tell you what. So thanks again. Many, many thanks for that, Chrissy. I want to tell everybody a little bit about how we know each other and then certainly about how this message that you have to share today came about even more recently. While I've known your story for a little while now, you actually shared it at our mom life group. So I have known you through our school and our church. And 
my favorite way that you and I have connected in the past is that you have been my soul sister in getting bake sale underway. You and Chris, uh, we tackled the school bake sale together. This was my second time running it. And we were like, oh my gosh, Chrissy was the most amazing volunteer last time. We've got to get her in here so that she can run our second annual pie and cake tasting contest. So that was a lot of fun. Yes, we had a lot of fun getting all those pies and cakes out to the judges in a timely manner and having them taste amazing. So that yes. was a good time. Yes, and no doubt you did it in style. Uh, we tackled it the first year and then second year, which was technically your first year to do it, you came out and you brought all of these fantastic spins on how to present it and yeah. You definitely do everything with style. And actually, on that note, I want to know, because I said that you wear all those mini hats, I want to know, how do you have time, do you actually feel, with all of these things that you do? You've got a business that you and your husband are working on together, the most incredible restaurant. We're going to need to talk about that right now, because what does Chrissy do? She does my favorite food group in the whole wide world, tacos. Can you please tell us about that? And then honestly, tell us how in the world, with your kids that you have, running a business, being super present for things like volunteering for school bake sales and all of the other millions of things you do. How do you have time to do that? How do you organize your schedule so that gets done? Well, it's not easy. I mean, being organized helps. And I think just kind of having like a routine and having a bedtime and Monday through Friday, this is what our schedule looks like. Saturday and Sunday, a little bit more flexible you know, it does help out me and my husband are a team. So we work together with the business and the family, just planning things ahead of time. Yeah, it's, it's taking on a new adventure, I guess. We did a Mediterranean restaurant for nine years and we just celebrated one year as Teddy's Red Tacos in Venice Beach. So that's a big milestone for us. And now what's different about this is that we have a partner before we were running it just ourselves. So it's, a little bit nicer having not the full load, but kind of managing it a little bit better. And then we've put more responsibilities on employees and other people. So we're not taking on as much work as we were before. But in the same aspect, we are also looking to open up our second restaurant location coming soon. So stay tuned. It's going to be happening very soon. But yes, we love the tacos. Well, girlfriend, you know, I love the tacos. So of course I have been at your restaurant and I am so excited to check out the new place that you guys are going to be opening up to. And I do want to mention to all of you listeners that there will be links to go to the show notes to find out how you can get some of these Teddy's Red Tacos. And it's in Venice, right? Where people go to take the picture in front of the big Venice sign down at the beach. Yes, close to the boardwalk underneath the Venice sign on Windward Avenue. Can't miss it on the left-hand side. Um, yes. Very hot spot. It is a hot spot and I'm getting hungry just talking about it. So I'll <laughs> see you later. Uh, okay. So yes. Oh man. I wish I could like have a whole episode just to talk about this too. And we are going to shift gears in just a second, but I do want to reiterate what you said. I heard a lot about 
prepping ahead, uh, having an important routine, letting your kids know what the expectations are during the week, having it be a little bit more flexible on the weekends too. I hear you on that. And actually, again, full disclosure, Chrissy and I are recording this the day after daylight savings time. So we were all like, <laughs> it, was a, it was an effort to get those kids out of bed this morning, which meant I had to get up first. And uh, I'm definitely missing that hour when we had to spring forward the day before. Yeah. Oh my gosh, daylight savings time. Okay. So pulling it back to what you said too, about how to do it all. I also heard a lot about making sure you're asking for help, delegating those responsibilities. So whether that's with your kids in your home or your husband who is working with you in the business and at home or employees at the store, being able to delegate a lot of those responsibilities does take a lot of pressure off of us. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face that for this particular podcast, one of the motivational things that I say all the time is, why do we feel like we have to take it on all by ourselves? For sure, ask for help. And that is not a sign of weakness. If anything, it makes us stronger. And to be perfectly honest, it makes me a lot nicer. If I feel like I'm not doing it alone, I feel like I'm not quite so short with people because I feel overwhelmed or have anxiety or stress about stuff. It's really nice to be able to, um, to get some backup for sure. And now I also just want to say if any of these moms who are listening and think like, yeah, I wear a lot of hats in my home, but I really do. I want to pursue either uh, working. Maybe you did that before kids. Maybe you've been working all through having kids, or maybe that hasn't been something that you've done. You just really want to focus on trying a new hobby or doing something outside of what you've done before, but you might feel overwhelmed by the thought of adding something else. I would love to know what you think about pursuing your passion, whether that's in the home or outside of the home, do you think that that's something that is important and why? I do. I think the first thing that you should really do is pray about it mm. because Amen. it might not be in God's timing right now for you to do that. But if you spend some time in prayer and like listen to what he has to say and try to make a plan, I think that's the first thing you should do. But then you also a good thing to do is to sit down with your spouse and talk about it and say, is this possible? Can I do this? But then yeah, I think you really need to think about it and say, is this something I can do and enjoy it and not be stressed out about it? The last thing you want to do is like add one more thing onto your plate that you seem to enjoy, but because it's not necessary or you don't have the time for it, it becomes a stressor. And then it's just like, oh, why am I doing this? I love that. I actually love that. And I'm so glad you opened with the first thing you do is, is pray about it because sometimes we do need to work that out in our heads and with God before we present it, even to our besties and our spouses and the kids that we are living with, because maybe it really isn't in alignment with what God's plan is at the time. And, and if you're listening and you think like, oh, praying isn't really my thing, or I don't know how to pray. Let me just tell you, I... <laughs> I mean, did you ever see the Steel Magnolias episode where they talk about how Anel and she's like, when the elastic is shot in her pantyhose, she's praying about that. That's me. I'm that girl. I'm like, oh man, I got a hole in my pantyhose. I got to pray about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what that accent was, but it did sure did just come out. So it really is the drop of a hat. It's like having a conversation. Don't let praying be something that feels overwhelming, but 
you know, gosh, take those fears and stress and overwhelm and all of that to God, because sometimes it just doesn't really feel in alignment with what we're trying to do. And case in point, this podcast, I, I actually tried to start this last year and it just didn't make sense. There were some things that we need to work out with our little kiddo, our guy. We wanted to start some therapy stuff with him. And so we put it on pause and I'm so grateful because now a lot of things were lining up with this and it just felt like God was really putting signs in front of me that said, this is the time, this is the time, do it. So I love that you started with that. I think that's amazing advice. Thank you. And also I would love to shift gears in that respect. And I would love to talk to you so much about what you came and shared with our ladies at mom life. Now, mamas, you may want to grab a Kleenex because this is a bit of a heavier subject, but Thankfully, we have the amazing Chrissy and she just has such a magnetic personality with positivity. So I love that she's going to spin this and put some light on this for us. But I would love for you to tell us a message, an important message that's very near and dear to your heart. I would love for you to start talking about your, your heavenly baby Christian. Tell us about that story. Yeah. So it was 2012. My husband and I found out we were pregnant for the first time which is always exciting, especially when you don't really plan it. It's just like it happens. God's like, okay, you're going to be parents. Okay, great. And then we found out we were having twins and we were like, oh my gosh. My husband was like super excited and I was excited, but I think I was feeling the pressure of, oh my gosh, I'm a first time mom. This is two of everything. Like, how am I going to take care of two kids at once when I don't even know how to take care of a kid? There was a lot of things that I was like, uh, but you trust in God and he's there for you. And if you rely on him, he really helps you out. So we had the twins, Alexandria, five pounds, three ounces, Christian, seven pounds, nine ounces, healthy, happy, never really sick. I can't remember taking my kids to the doctor in the first year of their life. And being first time parents, if you don't really have that knowledge or experience with sick kids or you know what to do you're just like okay everything's fine and then 14 months our son got sick over a weekend it was a saturday afternoon he threw up and we were thinking well he threw up maybe he ate something he has a stomach bug whatever and then i uh, threw up a couple more times and then we thought okay let's call the doctor and the doctor said is he hydrated? Are his diapers wet? Is he okay? And we're thinking, yeah, he's just, you know, he's just throwing up everything. Like, you know, we're trying to keep him hydrated. Okay. And then by Sunday, they were like, well, is he okay? Is he? And we're like, he's kind of the same. They're like, it's up to you. If you want to bring him in, you can. But of course, it's a Sunday, so you have to take him to ER. And, you know, we had consulted a couple of pediatricians. It wasn't just one. And he seemed to be okay. And then Monday morning, he wasn't, and we took him to the ER, and he ended up passing away. And that's pretty shocking to think one day you have your child, he's sick for, what, 24, 36 hours, and then he's gone. And you're thinking, what happened? You don't know. We didn't know. And we didn't find out until eight weeks later that it was type 1 diabetes. And it's a little shocking. It is absolutely shocking. And like I said, I knew about this story even before you came to talk to us at Mom Life. And when I heard it again, 
it was like I was hearing it for the first time. I couldn't believe it. And I, I can't imagine what that feels like. Immediately, we certainly started thinking about our own kids to have them one day and the next day they're gone. How often have we just thought, oh, our kiddo's sick, especially as a second time mom for me, if my Duke gets sick, you usually don't run to the doctor so quickly because you're thinking, oh, it's a bug you know, they're at school or they, in your case, they've got a twin sister, like they're sharing germs, they're putting everything in their mouth or all of that. Let's just wait this out and see it's a bug, it'll pass. And so how absolutely devastating for that to happen in a matter of just a couple of days, I can't even imagine. And I want to ask you this, this was something that you talked to us about, and we are going to talk about some of the signs of type one diabetes. I will leave that. And I don't want to forget to tell you guys that if this is something, because there are a lot of times no warning signs uh, that you necessarily see that think, oh, immediately that's type one diabetes. We need to go get that checked out. It can definitely take forms of other things that are things that you wouldn't even consider could be super fatal, actually. And so uh, I will talk about those briefly, and you can go to the show notes and find that list of things to look for. Thank you so much, Christy, for providing me with that. What I really want you to tell the listeners now is how on earth can you come back from that? That is devastating. I want you to talk about what you told us, which is those first days after he had passed, what was that like? There was something I remember you saying that really stuck with me. I want you to tell us about the moment when you started noticing like the airplane flying by or the animals outside or something like that. But how do you stop feeling like I can't even get out of bed and move forward at that point? It's definitely like a shock to your system. You just, you just stop, you know, like life is so busy, but when something like that happens, you stop. And I just remember like not being able to get out of bed and like laying in our bedroom, looking out a window that has been there the whole time we've lived where we live and seeing like airplanes flying back and forth and wondering, I've never noticed this before or the tree outside the window and like sunsets, all those things that aren't apparent to you. But when you're actually like just sitting and not wanting to do anything and having no motivation, it's very easy to just melt away. You know, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to function. But at the same time, I had a daughter who was 14 months old that I had to take care of. And then I also was 12 weeks pregnant with my middle child. So it's not like you can just say, I'm giving up on life. I'm done. So at that moment, we had a choice. Are we going to give up on life or are we going to turn to God and say, God, help us through this? Because that's the only thing that got us through the hardest time in our life. And the thing that still gets us through days today is our faith in Jesus. That's it. You know, Absolutely. I mean, both me and my husband, and we're definitely on the same page with that. If one of us was like, oh no, and I think it would have gone a different way, but I think being united in that and just really giving it up to God and thinking, okay, there's a purpose for this. We don't know what that purpose is, but we're going to trust in him and we're going to stand and we're going to show others that our faith in God is so strong, no matter Absolutely. what. That is incredible. I can't imagine the bravery and the vulnerability that was going on in your life at that time. And you are absolutely an inspiration. I appreciate you so much telling us this. And 
this is heavy. And I remember you in your amazing Chrissy way, you turned it around and you told us the brightest thing that I absolutely loved, which is how you guys have now chosen to keep Christian's memory alive, how he is a part of your Christmas cards when you send out your holiday cards and he is there and you talk about having your heavenly baby be a part of your family. I love that so much. And you talk about visiting together on his birthday and also his heavenly birthday, which I've been telling you forever. I've been saying, you got to write a book and call it Christian's heavenly birthday or something like that, because you guys actually celebrate this angel, this angel who never looks like he was sick a day in his life until this happened. And you said he was just absolutely the precious sweet baby would let his sister climb all over him and would just be fine with it. Take the toys and whatever. And he was just cool with it. He was your little angel on earth. And now that he is your angel in heaven, he has not left your family. Even all of us who know you, who are friends with you, we know about Christian. I love that so much. And here's what I'm dying for you to tell us. Tell us about that amazing story that your little one talked about when she went to kindergarten. So we decided we didn't want him to be absent from our family. We wanted to include him because, of course, our kids were young. So we could have easily just bypassed it and just not talked about him and not told our kids about him. But we felt it was important. He's a part of our life and we want them to know about him even though his life is so short we keep his memory alive we have pictures of him we talk about him he's definitely a part of our lives we go visit him at the cemetery and we make it a big family event we try to make it positive and just recently we've kind of started to embrace his heavenly birthday which is the day he passed to make it more positive for our kids to look at and explain to them about Jesus and how our goal here on earth is to eventually be with Jesus and now their brother in heaven. And so this is something that we've raised our kids with. It's, it's part of our life. We talk about it. We talk about him. So my daughter starts kindergarten and it's her first day at a new school. It's a Christian school, but still we go there and we're in the classroom and all the kids and the parents and the teacher and she very, very social, very social girl runs up to the teacher and she's like, oh my God, Miss Panero, my name's Alexandra and I have a brother named Christian and he's in heaven. <laughs> and we're just like, oh my gosh, that's right, we do. I think she was you know, excited about the first day and wanted to include her brother somehow. That um, is so you know, fantastic. One way to, to get the news out to the teacher. So you know, we had to explain to her that this is a part of our life and it's you know it's kind of sweet she makes posters and things and how many brothers do you have how many sisters do you have well I have two brothers and I have a sister and one of my brothers is in heaven so we tell it to strangers and it can get a little shocked and be like <laughs> okay but I think it's important for them to be prepared for these situations and not feel scared or not feel like they're threatened in any way and it does lead me into another story that I think is really a positive one and that can help people is that just recently one of my good friends, uh, Lee Carpool, her son lost his grandfather to cancer and it was unexpected, but they knew he was sick. So they knew his time was coming and he had a very close relationship with his grandfather and he had passed. And my friend had told me because she was picking both the kids up from school that they were talking about in the back seat, and she could hear them. And he was very sad and upset because he, he couldn't see his grandpa anymore. 
And my daughter just was simply like, hey, like, he's okay. He's with Jesus. He's with my brother. Like, they're having a good time. They're hanging out. You know, you don't have to be worried about it because you're going to see him again someday. And that really helped him with his grief. And I thought, that's amazing. I didn't coach her on that. I didn't say, this is what you should tell people. She's six and this is what she's telling people. So the fact that a six-year-old can like help another six-year-old with grief, that makes me feel so validated in saying like, yes, we are doing the right thing and we keeping his memory alive and helping our kids to help other people is what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. That just makes me think of faith like a child. To have faith like a child, we just talked about in this episode, if if maybe praying at the drop of a hat really isn't your jam or you're nervous about that and you don't know how to do that, pray like a child would. She shares that and that is a gift. And you did coach her on that, maybe inadvertently, but you gave her those tools and the fact that you and your husband also were united in the way that you were going to handle that and keep his memory alive. You have given her incredible tools that most children never experience until adulthood. And a lot of us, you know, maybe it's the first time that we experience death or loss or grief is with a pet or with a grandparent. And for her, she experienced this as a 14 month old and she experienced it just the way you did as an adult, where one day you had someone you loved and cared about there that you got to see anytime and every time that you wanted to hug and kiss him or speak to him or play with him. And then the next day he wasn't there. And so it is so important to, I think, give our children these tools, like talking to them, praying to God about them, imagining them in a different place, not just moving on and never hearing or seeing them again, I take a lot of comfort, especially starting to lose grandparents and people close to me. I take a lot of comfort in knowing that that won't be the last time I'm going to see them again. And that's definitely something as Christians that we believe in. Not everyone believes that. And I know that is how I process grief. And the fact that you're able to give your little ones the opportunity to experience grief and give them the tools to move forward and even help other people. I think that's a precious story. I'm so glad at even age six, she was able to share her story and it could affect someone else just as her mom is sharing this story today and getting this message out. I want to give you this time. If you want to talk about anything else, most specifically, I definitely want you to let us know that because this was something that really felt like it came out of left field. And I know that you had some diabetes symptoms as well beforehand, and that was something that was in your life. What is something that you could do if you think that your child could have this, if you feel like there could be a history, or even if there's not a history of this, what would you say that parents need to be mindful of? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I actually was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at age 26, which is a little late for type 1 diabetes, which is juvenile diabetes, but it just happened. And there's a lot of warning signs. Some of them are increased thirst, frequent urination, unintended weight loss. I had lost like 15 pounds. You're tired all the time. Your vision can get kind of blurry. You just feel very tired a lot of time. And the frequent urination, like I noticed a lot, like if I had a sugary something, I was in the bathroom and like wanting water. You just want to drink water because it's like basically flushing the sugar out of you because your body can't process it because your body doesn't have insulin. So those are some warning signs. But honestly, too, with my son, even the doctors were like mystified. 
when they found out, we went back and like, you know, the ER doctor were like, hey, we just want to let you know that this is what it was. And they were just all back. Mm-hmm. You know, so for him, the chances of a 14 month old getting <clears throat> diabetes that early is less than 1%, which is kind of crazy to think that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Usually kids don't get it till they're like five, six, and you'll see a lot of those warning signs. For him, he was healthy. He didn't have any weight loss. He was in the 95 percentile for weight and height. I mean, he didn't look, look, I mean, we were at a park the Friday night before and he's swinging and playing and laughing, you know? So all I can say is that just was God's plan for him. You know, I don't know how else to explain that because there really were no warning signs for him. But as far as other kids, there's simple ways that you can do it. You can get a finger prick. It's basically like a blood glucose check. And that can be done at your doctor or pediatrician. You just have to ask for it. Or they can also test your urine. But for kids, I think the the finger prick is probably the easiest thing because the testing of the urine can be a little bit harder for kids. But, you know, if you think that your kids are in any way affected or might have something, it's very easy. Like you go to your pediatrician, you say, hey, I just want them to get their blood sugar tested. I see a few of these things, whatever, you know, and it's very easy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as some, for some reason, my kids hate the finger prick even more than a shot sometimes. But the fact is you cannot put a price on peace of mind and to be able to do a finger prick or a simple urine test, test for that blood sugar level. And one thing I want to make note of is that you said most pediatricians do not test for this disease under five years old. And so that's why it's important for us to really advocate for our kids. If you do feel like there could be a history of this, or if you just want that peace of mind, just talk to your pediatrician. And, you know, I think as new moms or even seasoned moms, we might feel like, oh, the pediatrician's got this under control. We don't need to step up and ask, but do it. Do it. Something came up not that long ago now that we're finding some things with our Duke that are going on. I went to the pediatrician and I talked to her about that because that is not typically something that they test for immediately. It has to be specially requested. And so I specially requested it and do that. Nobody else is going to take care of your kid the way you could. And also, I just want to say, I think there probably has to be, I mean, mom guilt is a big thing. I think there probably has to be a little bit of that, that maybe surrounded this Uh, We didn't talk about this before, but I just want to say, can you just briefly, and then we will wrap up, speak to any mom guilt that may have crept in, because I love what you just said. It is unexplainable why this happened, and you feel like this just had to be part of God's plan, if nothing more, to teach people around you how to cope in a healthy, faithful way with loss because that is such a serious, heavy topic, especially when you're talking about children. So I would just love to end in that and how you dealt with that. And again, just really how faith has been such an important part of this process for you. It can be such a slippery slope if you start going back and saying, you know, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, if I would have listened to this person, there's so many things that you can just, you could spend your entire life doing that, but is it going to change anything? Is it going to bring him back? Is it going to make you a better person? No. I think the hard thing with loss is that people blame themselves and they want to feel that guilt and that burden because that's how they're dealing with the loss. And if they can like make themselves feel bad or make their lives this chaotic, negative vibe of stuff, 
then maybe they'll be distracted or they won't think about that or that's their way of coping. But for me, I mean, yes, I did that. Of course, I think everybody does that, especially when they lose somebody or a child. But at the same time, it's like you can't get stuck in it because if you get stuck in it, then it's really hard to get out of it. And so that's just putting your faith in God and saying, okay, God, help me to see the brighter side of this. Help me to take away what you want me to take away from it because I feel like it was in your power to do this. And if you wanted him to be here, he would still be here because there's many things that could have happened. Like it not happening on a weekend. Like if it happened on a Monday, like I would have taken it to the doctor, but at the same time, they might not have checked for diabetes. Like you just don't know. You know I mean? I've talked to so many pediatricians and physicians assistants and doctors after the fact. And they're like, we probably would have never checked that. You can't get stuck in the what if cycle. What if I would have done this? Yeah, absolutely. I think we can what if everything in our lives. And I do just want to say much like you talked about in the beginning of the episode about asking for help, delegating responsibility. One of the things that you did mention is that you feel like therapy is hugely important. And sometimes when things happen immediately, you don't want to run to a therapist to talk about this stuff, but it is super important. And honestly, I think that this is even therapeutic today, sharing your story, sharing it with us when you were at mom life, really just giving other people the opportunity as well to be prepared if this happens to them and knowing how to heal. So I'm going to end this on that note. You are incredible. I am so grateful that you're my friend. I'm so grateful that your children are friends with my children because I feel like there is that love and support and that connection in the community around us. So Chrissy, I cannot thank you enough. I am so appreciative that you shared this very touching message with us and make sure moms, if you feel like there is anything that you don't want to leave to chance, don't feel scared or afraid to go to your pediatrician, to go to people around you and start asking questions. And additionally, if you are experiencing loss, especially if it's someone very close to you, turn to God, lean into that faith and talk to people around you because your story can definitely help others as well as yours has for us today, Chrissy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Paige. I'm so glad I could help. Thank you. All right. Well, talk to you soon, and I will be seeing you very soon at Mom Life, Chrissy. Bye-bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Mom's Organization Motivation Podcast. For more resources to organize and style your busy life, head over to everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on Instagram at everythingwithstylemom. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and let me know what you'd like to hear about next. Thanks again for listening and happy organizing.